0: More Than Conquerors is supported by the generous gifts of listeners like you.
1: You can find us online by going to livingwordchurch.org. Can there be any doubt at all that the greatest gift ever given mankind is the subject of Pastor Ray's life-changing series entitled God's Amazing Gift Called Salvation? Despite good deeds and perhaps a life well lived, without being saved and born again none of god's promises can be ours especially the guarantee of eternity in heaven in this message you'll be taught all about salvation's wonderful promises and benefits and about its powerful salvation covenant a better covenant based simply on better promises and there's further good news that because the word declares that it is by grace we have been saved salvation can't be earned and there's never a price tag attached to it but such a wonderful gift in giving glory to the god who made it possible also comes with responsibilities, because although salvation is truly God's gift to us, what we do with that salvation is our gift back to God.
2: If any man, anyone, be in Christ, this message is for the most broken of the broken, the sickest of the sick, the most depraved of the depraved. This message is for anyone who will choose to receive Christ by faith in their life, they will go through the new birth experience, which is not a human experience. It is a divine experience that happens in a human life. And it takes a human life from the pits of life and puts them at the pinnacle of life in Christ. We saw last week. He raises us up with Christ and puts us in heavenly places. It's an awesome, powerful, spiritual thing that takes place. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a brand new creation. All things have passed away. Behold, all things have... Don't ever look at anybody after the flesh. Look at them after the spirit. Is their heart towards God? Are they serving God? Do they love God? Do they have a passion for God? Do they love people? Look at the fruits of their life. Don't look at the mistakes of their past. Don't look at the sins of the past. That will mess you up and it will mess everybody else up. We do not look at each other after the flesh. People often have done that, you know, well, tell me, you know, this is why I get, I get very uncomfortable when, you know, people get together in groups and go off and do, try to do spiritual things without any oversight, mature oversight. Because everybody wants to know everybody's business of the past. As far as God is concerned if you have received Jesus Christ into your life you've repented of the past every one of those sins are covered by the blood never to be remembered by God and they shouldn't even be remembered by you or by me we need to move on we need to move on we need to move on and get the work done that God has called us to do and not listen to the lie of the devil trying to bring you back to your past. If any man be in Christ, he's a brand new creation. You may not feel like it. You may not look like it. You may not be acting like it, but you need to look yourself in the the mirror just like I had to look myself in the mirror and say, I am a brand new creation in Christ. The old is gone. The old is gone, devil. The old is gone. The new has come. And all this has been done by my heavenly father in my life. You can't touch me. You can't mess up my future because my future is in the hands of the living God. Come on. Let's read down. He says, confess with your mouth, believe with your heart, that God raised him dead. you will be saved. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. So there are people that walk around and say, well, I believe in the Lord. I believe, you know, they've got, you know, maybe, you know, they've got, Some knowledge, but really what they need to do is they need to confess him. They need to confess him, not just say, Yeah, I believe in Jesus. They need to get a little deeper than that, say, Lord, I receive you into my heart and into my life. I want you. I want you. So he says, With the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. The scripture says, listen to what scripture says, whoever believes on him will not be put to shame. For there is no distinction between Jew and Greek. For the same Lord over all is rich to all who call upon him. For whoever calls on the name of the Lord. Notice it says a whoever. Whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. This is a free gift that comes from calling upon the name of Jesus Christ. I have a little personal testimony that I want to share with you uh, that pertains to my own father. I grew up in the Catholic Church. My mother was Italian and Catholic. My father was Greek and Greek Orthodox. My father believed that the Greek Orthodox Church was the true church. My mother believed that the Catholic Church was the true church. (laughs) And thus was my beginnings of religion and my experience of, you know, things of God. We had a constant war battle going on between who was the right church. My father would criticize the Catholic Church and my mother would criticize the Greek Orthodox Church. And this is what all mixed up and all confused. Now, my father was not... What I would say was a godly man. He wasn't ungodly, but what I mean by godly, he didn't have Bible knowledge. He didn't go to church. I never heard him pray. I heard him yell a few times, but I never heard him pray. (laughs) You know, he was a man of morals. He was a morally fine man. He didn't, you know, he trained us right, taught us right. He worked hard. He was a good man, but he didn't have an experience with God at this point in his life. Now, um, he got sick and he came down with pancreatic cancer and he went into the hospital. And he was three weeks in the hospital, and he died after three weeks. Well, the last day of his life, we all growing up in the Catholic Church, we knew the Catholic priests and so on and so forth. So the the one priest who um, obviously had information and knowledge of, of, of the Word of God, because if he didn't, he would never have done this. He went to my father, and we didn't know my father was about to die, but he did die just a few hours after this. He went to my father... And he they used to call my my father's name was Xenon Kyriakis Hagistilianos. Now that's a Greek name. Pretty Greek. But they all called him Mr. Zeno. Everyone, because he just shortened it, Mr. Zeno. So his customers and friends would call him Mr. Zeno or, or Zeno. So Father DeFalco, awesome, awesome guy, very loving, old-time Catholic priest. Now you've got to understand something before I get into this. Catholic priests of that day, and probably even still today, never cross the lines of their religion and reach out to someone who's not Catholic. Not to administer what they call, you know, their sacraments, right? So my father, he goes to visit my father, and he sees he's in really poor condition, and he says to my father, he says, Mr. Zeno, he says, I see you're pretty sick. He said, I want to give you communion. This is unheard of. How many of you grew up in the Catholic Church? Let me see. You understand what I'm talking about? I'm talking Catholic Church of the 70s. I went to a Catholic mass because I had to go for some... Someone got something or somewhere. I went to the Catholic mass. And when it came to communion time, the pre, this is what the priest said. This is the truth. He said, all Catholics are welcome to receive communion. If you're not Catholic, we ask that... And you want to come up for a blessing, just cross you. Put a big X in front of you like this. Say, not me. And you can come... I'm not kidding you. He said, go like this. Put, make a big X... And you can come, we'll give you a blessing, but we can't give you communion. That was like maybe eight years ago, nine years ago, 10 years ago. Now, I'm not making fun of the Catholic church. Please, I don't make fun of, but I'm just saying that that was the experience. Just put a big X and, you know, this does not happen. A Catholic priest does not administer communion to a non-Catholic. That's why I say this priest had information. He wasn't an ordinary Catholic priest. He obviously had word knowledge. So he goes to my father and he says, Mr. Zeno, I want to give you communion. But I need to know something before I give you communion. Do you believe in Jesus Christ? And my father, my brother was there and my brother's first wife was there. And without reservation, my father looked at him and said, of course, I do believe in Jesus Christ. He gave him communion and three short hours later, he slipped away. I'm going to tell you what, I think God in his mercy and grace did that for me. I really believe that. <laughs> knowing knowing that one day I would be preaching the gospel to others and live with the torment that my own father didn't make it into heaven. You see, whoever, I'm going to tell you what I'm going to tell you what could be at the moment, just like my father, the moment of his death, He confessed Jesus. His belief in Jesus. I have full confidence that he is with the Lord. People say, well, that seems unfair. You have other people that live there. Listen, God is not a fair God. God is a just God. He's a just God. He gave Jesus as the free gift of salvation. Whoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. It's the free gift. It's done by the act of God's grace and mercy and love. That was unheard of in the 70s that a Catholic priest would go to a Greek Orthodox man and talk to him about Jesus and get, my brother-in-law was saying, I think it was you just said, somebody said it, maybe it was, I forget, somebody said that he could have probably gotten into trouble for doing that because they're not supposed to do that. But you see, he was submitted to a higher authority (laughs) and he saw a poor soul that was about to slip into eternity. That's why I say your salvation doesn't come because you were baptized as a baby. Because the Bible says that you must repent and be baptized. You can't be baptized and then some time later choose to repent. How can a baby repent? A baby doesn't, hasn't done anything yet. Can't speak, can't do You must repent and then be baptized you're not going to heaven just because you got baptized as a baby you're not going to heaven just because you sit in a church just because i stand in a garage doesn't mean i'm a car (laughs) you must be born of the spirit you must have the born-again experience this is what god does And it comes by calling upon the name of Jesus and receiving him into your life as Lord and Savior. And God does the transformation process just like that. Just like the wind. Don't understand the fullness of it. It blows in, it blows out, and it blows me up. And I'm a different person. You're not saved just because you say, well, I believe in God. That's not good enough. What God are you talking about? Are you talking about big G or small G? Are you talking about God like Jesus God? father son holy spirit god are you talking about some other kind of god small g i want to introduce you to the big g god the god of all eternity the maker of everything the one who was and is and is to come, the one who lived and died for you and for me, that through his sacrifice, we were set free, absolved of our sins, guilt and shame out the window, that we have a brand new life. I'm not who I used to be, transformed by the very power of God. Transformed by the very word of God as I feed myself on the word, that transformation process keeps on going and keeps on going. Perfect? No. No one will ever be perfect because you live in an imperfect world. It is the free gift of God that comes to humans because of your believing on and confessing the name of Jesus that's what brings and initiates this awesome, powerful salvation. I can't explain the depths of the work that God does, but just like the wind, here is the evidence. God could take a sinner like me, blow his mighty wind of the Holy Spirit through me, rearrange, change, readjust my life, that now I can stand as a servant of the living God and help others to come and know and learn about Jesus Christ and have a life that's transformed and changed. This is the greatest miracle, is the miracle of salvation. It's the miracle of salvation. Now listen, now listen. Whoever believes on him, verse 11, will not be put to shame. That's your confidence. Your confidence ought to be in Jesus, not yourself, not your human effort. Your confidence is in the saving grace of the Lord. That's why you ought to cling to Jesus with everything you've got. That's why you ought to praise that name every single day. That's why you ought to thank God for the blood of Jesus every single day because by believing on his name, you are saved. Let's go to verse 14. How... Then shall they call on him who they have not believed. And how shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard? People have to hear. How can they ever believe unless they hear? And how shall they hear without a preacher? That'd be me. That's why I say, you know, of course, we all have the responsibility to preach, Not everyone's going to be called to a pulpit and preach to to groups, but every one of us are called to be ambassadors and representatives and to go out into the world and to speak to the world. But we need preachers to reach people in mass and to build churches, houses of worship, houses of healing, houses of power, houses where people can come in and experience the love of God and the touch of God. How will they hear? That's why by giving and sowing and being involved, you're, you're fulfilling what the Word of God is saying. How can this happen? How can we get this message out unless they hear? And how can they hear if they don't have someone to preach them? And then it goes on to say, verse 15, and how shall they preach unless they are sent? God needs people who are going to send the preachers, who are going to underwrite the ministries and and fund the ministry so that the message can be preached, so that the world can know that this free gift is available to you and that your life can be forever changed in one moment of time by one simple act of faith, by one simple act of trust in Jesus Christ. My life will never again be... I don't know about you, but my life has never been the same. God wrecked my life the way I knew it. Ruined it, but ruined it for the good. Thank God. When I look back to where I was, to where I am, to what I was doing, to what I am doing, I have nothing but gratefulness, joy, and thanksgiving to the living God. Now, now... I want to live my days telling others about the glorious free gift of salvation and all, that's another message, all of the benefits. We got to talk about that. All of the benefits that are connected with your salvation comes as a package. But how's the preacher going to go if the people don't send them? See, that's why when I get up to talk about the radio broadcasts and you're making that happen. You're, you're, you're sending me. Now, let me, just, let me just share something. You know, I'm not going to get all the reward for the salvations and the fruit. All of you that participate in helping underwrite it and make it happen are going to be equally rewarded when we get to heaven. Amen. Because without you, it can't be done. You do your part, I do my part. No part is greater than the other part. They're all important and necessary to put the whole picture together. And that's why we can't boast about our part or we can't feel rejected because we don't feel we have a big part. We all do our part. We put the picture together. God gets the glory. People get the message and the kingdom of God grows and abounds. So how's the preacher gonna go if he doesn't have people that send him? i got the free gift. I've got the message. I know how to preach it. I know how to get people saved. I want to preach it. But how can the preacher do it if people don't send him? The congregation doesn't pay for it. Thank God this is a congregation that does. And I want to encourage you to keep on doing it because the rewards will be great in your life as well. Not just my life, but your life as well. How shall they preach Unless they are sent, as it is written, how beautiful. Now listen, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach, ready? Preach the gospel of peace. Now listen, listen to the second part. Listen, listen. Who bring glad tidings of good things. That's why I love to preach people happy. Because you ought to be preached happy not into condemnation and fear, but you ought to be preached happy because God loves you. God is not mad with you. you. Listen, you are the apple of God's eye. God gave his son for you. Jesus gave his life for you. What more would God have to do to prove that love and that commitment to you and to me? That's why I love to preach good, good news, good things, because a life with Jesus is not a life of torment. It's not a life of doing without, it's a blessed life. It's a full life. It's a happy life. It's a life filled with joy that's unspeakable and filled with glory, as the Bible says. That's what a life with Jesus is. So how beautiful are the feet of those? I want beautiful feet. So I want to preach good things. I want to walk until I'm an old, 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 old man. I know I'm getting older, but I'm not as old as I'm going to be. I'm going to be so old and I'm going to be older than dirt. (laughs) How beautiful are the feet of those who preach the gospel of peace. Who bring glad tidings of good things. Got to have an uplifting message. People are already rejected. People are already hurt and despondent and depressed. They don't need to come to church and get more depressed. They need to come to church and be given hope. They need to come to church and be revived They need to come to church and know that God loves them and that we're we're with you. No matter how many times you fall, we'll be here to pick you up. As long as you want to get up and keep going, we're going to be with you. Verse 16, he says, but they have not all obeyed the gospel. For Isaiah says, because you preach it, not everybody's going to obey. But see, like that young man was talking about, I preached to him, but that's it, man. That's my responsibility just to tell him, "I, I can't change a heart. You can't change a heart. I can't make somebody believe. You can't make somebody believe. All I can do is tell them. That work falls in the hands of the... Ho- He's the convictor. The Holy Spirit is the convictor. I'm not. You're not. I know there are a lot of brothers and sisters, sister conviction and brother judgment and, you know, sister condemnation. That, that's not going to get anybody saved. You give them the good news of Jesus Christ, you just leave it there, man, and let the Holy Spirit do the work. A lot of people aren't going to receive it, but that's not, I'm not going to get all bummed out about that. You don't want it? Too bad. More for me. (laughs) But they have not all obeyed the gospel. For Isaiah says, Lord, who has believed our report? So then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And that's why we got to keep preaching the Bible and keep preaching the word. Because you preach the word. Whatever word you're preaching, it stimulates that very subject in the heart of a human. You understand what I'm saying? That's, what the, that's the effects of the word because the word of God is active and living and sharpened into it. You preach on healing and that's going to start stirring healing. You preach on salvation, you know, uh, people that are unsaved are going to want to get saved because they're hearing the message of salvation and it's resonating with their heart and the Holy Spirit works in concert with the word. Wow. Whatever is being preached is going to start to be received and believed. So that's where we understand that faith, for whatever we need, comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Unless they hear it, they're never going to have the faith to jump up and receive it. So salvation is a free gift. Perfect, pure, holy, awesome, powerful. Changed the life of a human. It's changed my life. I know many of you sitting out here, it's changed your life. That's why we live for Jesus. That's why we show up every week. That's why we're passionate about God and passionate about worship. So praise the Lord. I think I'm done.
0: Tune in tomorrow afternoon at 2 for More Than Conquerors with Pastor Ray. If today's message was a blessing to you, ask for your free CD of the broadcast for a gift of any amount to help support this radio ministry.